Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Great Iron Blitz right here on Blog Talk Radio and Apple Podcasts. Your host Oscar Lopez. Today we're going to be talking college football, week two, and reca- and kind of preview week three going into the uh, next weekend. We're also going to have NFL uh, week one action. We're going to recap that, and we're going to talk women's gridiron, especially in gridiron Queensland. So alongside uh, in Kishi Free, and I'm sorry, alongside Troy Wilson, which I miss in Kishi Free, uh, and Holly Custis. Uh, so um, guys, week two in college football. Big, big weekend. Uh, some of the, some of the games got canceled because of the hurricane, but overall, uh, Oklahoma, Clemson, and USC are uh, big games this week. Hey, yeah, how's it going? Game. So, Troy, uh, what do you what do you see? Oklahoma, Clemson, USC. They kind of rebound at this point, and they um, played a big game. USC surprised me against uh, Stanford, and uh, that was the one game that uh, Holly called out that was going to be pretty good in the Pac-10. Uh, Clemson-Auburn we had talked about, and it looks like Clemson not a problem with Auburn. Yeah, I mean, that, that game actually turned into a defensive battle, and I'm, and I'm not surprised. I mean, again, with all the athletes they have on both sides of the ball, Clemson, you know, losing a lot of their defensive leaders from last year, but then they're, they they recruit so heavily and uh, they reloaded. So it was a defensive battle. Uh, you had two quarterbacks who are who are new to their systems, um, you know, uh, with Deshaun Watson being replaced. Uh, so you, you, you figured, you know, they were going to have to work out some kinks. But, I mean, Clemson found out a way to get it done. Uh, got an eight-point win. Um, you know, the score was 14-6. to six. It was a tough-fought battle. I mean, a lot of people kind of like those high-scoring games. I, me, personally, I love the defensive battle, so I, lo- I love watching the strategy. Both teams kind of made a lot of mistakes, but it was an exciting game, in my opinion. Holly, uh, do you think Clemson's going to need to kind of like play a little bit better? They get Louisville, and they get Lamar Jackson next week, so uh, wh- where do they sit now? Well, I think, uh, for me, uh, Clemson – prove that uh, they can make a run this year. I'm reading the stats, and it looks like they only allowed 117 total yards for Auburn this last game, so that tells you defensively uh, what kind of game that was. Uh, they're going to have to bring that uh, uh, defensive front that, that uh, really stifled Auburn and, and see what they can do against uh, uh, against Jackson, but, you know, it's, it's going to be a really good game. I think it's going to be the defining game of that conference, and I'm excited to watch it. Troy, I mean, this Kelly Bryant played pretty well in this game, uh, so that's going to be the, uh, the amount of effort that needs to be put in when they go up against uh, Louisville next week, right? Yeah, I mean, and, and that's the thing. Uh, uh, Kelly Bryant, um, being a young kid and, and, and replacing Deshaun Watson, um, he can't get caught up in, in trying to outplay uh, Lamar Jackson. I mean, that's that's the Heisman Trophy winner over there. Um, right now, he's the best college. He's the best player in college football. Uh, Kelly Bryant has to worry about playing his game, uh, worried about taking care of the football 
and and being able to uh, you know uh, pass it down the field when they when it's a call uh, excuse me when it's called pass play, and then also running the ball, which he does a little bit better than Deshaun Watson did, rushing for two touchdowns. So that that was really his forte coming out of high school, and uh, you know for Lamar Jackson, I mean. He's going to have his work cut out for him. I mean, because that Clemson defense is fast. He found that out firsthand last year. And I think he's extremely motivated uh, this year, especially with the game. This 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 game is going to be in Louisville. And, he, you know, getting getting to play in front of his, uh, his home crowd. He's motivated because last year on the national stage, he felt like they came up short. And that may have been the game which cost them a chance to play for the national championship. And they're pretty hungry this year, and they want to prove everyone. They want to prove to everyone that they belong in that actual nas- national spotlight, and not just because of Lamar Jackson. There's a lot of guys on that team that's ready to play and, st- and step their game up to another level. So, Ollie, is this the marquee game uh, going into next week? Is Clemson versus Louisville? I definitely, I definitely think so. Um, it, I mean, there's some other good games that are happening, but I think this is the biggest one um, just because I, I think it's going to be the marquee game for the conference. Whoever wins this game has an inside track, not only win the conference, but also be in uh, playoff contention. So I think it's it's pretty huge. Um, there's some other uh, top games coming up this week. Miami uh, faces Florida State, which will be a big game, considering that um, – uh, this had to be rescheduled from last week due to the hurricane. Both of those teams are top 20 teams, so that should be fun to watch. And Tennessee plays Florida and, and the SEC, so that should be fun to watch as well. But really, I think the biggest game of the week is Clemson and Louisville for sure. Now, we all knew uh, we all knew Fresno State was not going to be even uh, a blimp against uh, Alabama, but uh, they're 2-0, and and I think uh, with the tie put up like 192 yards, um, Jalen Hurts being the, the difference there. So uh, Alabama goes against Colorado State. So what, what is the schedule? More of the same? I think it's more of the same. I think I think they're going to roll um, this week. Um, I don't think you know Colorado State has enough firepower to deal with uh, Alabama, especially Alabama's defense. So I think it's going to be more of the same. All right, Troy, same thing here with Oklahoma. I mean, uh, they take care of Ohio State uh, in, you know, pretty good fashion, especially in Columbus, of all places. Uh, Mayfield throws for over 380 yards, and the, um, you know, the Ohio State defense as well uh, didn't do much, I guess. Um, but Oklahoma established itself as a firm Big 12 favorite at this point early. So they're going up against Tulane next week, so – this has got to be a big win for them to, to beat Ohio State. Yeah, and that was one of these revenge games. I mean, this is kind of the, similar to the the fashion of uh, what Louisville um, has coming, um, you know, uh, against Clemson on Saturday. But, yeah, I mean, Oklahoma, they went into Columbus um, after getting beaten Norman last year. And, and Baker Mayfield, he put on a show out there. Uh, that defense, they made plays when they needed to make plays. It was just it was just a great game for them to play. And then you also have to look on the other side of that ball. JT Barrett is struggling. I mean, if you look at the last uh, four games he's played, he didn't. He has not played well. He has not thrown the ball well. Uh, if not for a lot of controversial calls in the Michigan game, 
they probably would have lost that one. They, you know, they didn't score any points at all in, in the playoff game. Uh, they lost that game 31 to nothing. So he's been struggling the last four games that we've seen him, and, and everyone's kind of wondering what's wrong with him. Uh, but I thought the, my favorite part of that week of that game was at the end when, you know, uh, Oklahoma was really upset that o- that Ohio State sung their fight song at their stadium, and they felt kind of disrespected. And so they actually upped the ante, and Baker Mayfield took the Oklahoma flag and planted it in the O on the 50-yard line. I thought that was excellent. Now, later on, Baker Mayfield, play, uh, he apologized for it, for being disrespectful. Personally, I thought it was fair, uh, especially how Ohio State did last year. But it was a huge win for Oklahoma, especially confidence-wise. They're already pretty confident in what they can do in the Big 12. It's what are they going to do once the playoffs start, if they can go ahead and keep their resume clean up until that point. So, Holly, that, is that the big question, really? Like I Troy's pointed out, the big question for this team is, are they going to be ready for the playoffs? I, you know, I think, um, like Troy said, this is a statement game for Oklahoma. Last week I was I was almost wanting to pull the trigger on, on calling the upset with them, but not quite. And this this definitely is kind of their arrival game. Um, and I think, I think they're going to be ready for the playoffs. I think they're due, and I think this proves, you know, that they moved on from Bob Stoops, at least in the, in, in the interim. And I think they have a, a chip on their shoulder, and I think they proved that uh, by going into Ohio State. I, I really did think Ohio State was overrated, though, um, but they're still a good team. And I thought the, the most funny part about the flag situation was he tried to stick it in turf, and turf doesn't actually give. <laughs> you know, Seriously. it's not like grass where you can, like, Seriously, claim, I mean... you can claim it. Wow. And you can throw it down with some authority, you know what I mean? And, like, they're, they're – or, or I think it's, it's a Florida state that has the spear and they throw it in. But, like, there's no give to turf. So this poor guy is, like, trying to make a statement, and he's probably like, why well, won't the side go? But that's my favorite oh, part man. about it. And, I, you know – Having been an athlete, I don't think it's like, I don't think it's, I mean, it's one of those things where Oregon and Washington have had a lot of give and take with those types of things where you're singing up the fight song, you're dancing on their logo. Like, I think it's part of the game. And as long as you're not, there's kind of a line. And I think he was within that line. I understand why he had to apologize because he's a Heisman contender. He doesn't want any, you know, hiccups along the way to um, be in people's minds when they're voting for the Heisman. But I don't really blame him. I mean, I mean, Ohio State did not treat him very well last year, so I, I, I get it. <laughs> so is this, this is sport, uh, poor sportsmanship, or it's going to be pay? It's called I pay you back with the same gratitude. <laughs> it's it's one of those things where. There's a line. There's a thin line. Yeah, I know. You know what I mean? But yeah. I actually I'm just, like I'm just it. saying that it's funny. you have to classify it as one or the other, and I think I would classify it as, here, here we're giving you back some, some of your own dosage. <laughs> right. And deal with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it was just a PR thing for him, like you said, to kind of keep himself in good light with this uh, with the running. Um Holly, you, you were there. <laughs> you said 
USC, Stanford, and uh, USC would have to rise, uh, and they did. Mm-hmm. They they get their first first Pac-12 victory. Um, it goes against um, the Cardinal, and they break a three-game uh, losing streak versus the Cardinal. So um, you know the Trojans, I guess, eleven in a row, and so now it's like, uh, what do you what do you say about USC basically in, in the Pac-12? Well, I think. You know, before this week, I, I said that they need to prove to me that they could make that step, and this was this was a, a definitely statement game for them as well. Their offense was rolling; they had over 600 yards of offense, and uh, you know, Sam Donald looked good. Um, I, I, I think, I think you know, now it comes down to them and, and Washington. I think those it's a two horse race in the Pac-12. Um, and I, I can see <clears throat> why NFL scouts, you know, are excited about Sam. But, you know, he, he did have two picks in this game. Um, I, I still am not sold completely on him. But USC as a team, I think the talent is finally starting to click together. Um, and it was a big win for them. Now, Holly, Washington basically beats down Montana, which we expected they go into uh, face Fresno State next week. We just got a beat down from Alabama. Um, is it more of the same? Is it going to be more of the same? Probably, probably more of the same. And if you, if you think about it, you just got your ass kicked by Alabama that probably didn't feel too good, and now you have to go play Washington, who's <laughs> also very good. And, they're, and Washington oh. is also very physical. So I don't. I wouldn't want to be Fresno State because they're probably still physically hurting, and uh, I think it's going to be more of the same for Washington. I don't think Washington's going to be challenged for a minute here. Troy, Fresno State. It, this has got to be the most horrible four weeks of their of their slate because I think they go up against Colorado next the, the week after, right? Am I right? Um, Fresno State. I mean, they get they get uh, Alabama, they get Washington, and then. Uh, I think they'll get Colorado, right? If I'm the schedule, I have to look at my schedule, but I think it's Colorado. So, God, this Fresno State team, it's either commendable that they're playing top-tier squads or um, somebody <laughs> did a very bad disservice to them. Yeah, I mean, if you're a Mountain West team, I mean, you're not really necessarily looking for the win. What you're looking for is to get a nice little payday and also to, you know, to test yourself because, you know, you, you want to – get ready for that mountain west um you know for that for that conference and you know you have a good way to tune it to get tuned up by um you playing against two teams that were in the playoffs last year i mean two of the best teams in the nation in the top in the top 10 so you know it's a good way to you know kind of test your metal and see where you're at and there are things that you can take away from these losses including a, a very lucrative payday but you know, um, I think Fresno will will, will do well to uh, you know to take some lessons from these things. I mean, they know it's not too much of a chance where they're going to win. Um, but you know, a guy like um, uh, Chase and Virgil, uh, their quarterback, he needs to get a little bit. You know, he needs to get some experience. And so, you know, we'll see how they fare when when the Mountain West Conference starts. Right after that game, they have Nevada. So. Um, you know, things are looking up for them later on, but, you know, they really have no chance. I mean, it's a good thing that after Alabama and Washington, they have a bye to go ahead and rest and kind of mend their bones a little bit because they are going to be sorely beat up after playing those two teams. All right, so, Holly, Florida State did not play because, obviously, of uh, Irma, 
Um, and they were supposed to play Louisiana Monroe, which the game got canceled this week, got rescheduled and postponed uh, against Miami, which is going to be October 7th. Um, so I guess the, I'm sorry, the game against Miami is postponed until October 7th. So their next game is on the 23rd against NC State. So is this going to be sort of like it's kind of a how do you say a kind of a wait wait time for them because they're ready to go and then you get a break in here it's kind of like a bye week type mentality uh, how do you think the Seminoles are going to re, uh, you know react once they go up against the the Wolfpack and I know they've beaten the Wolfpack plenty of plenty of times already. Well, I mean, I think if this were later in the season, it would be a beneficial break. But speaking from a player standpoint, I think it would be very frustrating. But you, you obviously understand the ramifications of the hurricanes and, and the importance of people's safety. And and from that standpoint, it totally makes sense, and you have to do what you have to do. But on the football field, from that standpoint, it's very difficult because you just want to play. And you see everybody else, you know, already two, three games in, and you're just sitting here like, I just want to play, I just want to play. And I think it, on the one hand, it might help you getting the extra practice and smoothing out some of the smaller details that um, other teams don't get the benefit of doing. On the other hand, there might be such a thing as having too much time off. And so we'll see which which uh, the two situations ends up happening for them. I still think they're a strong team, but it's it's going to be – Interesting to see how that affects them. So, Troy, you think there's going to be a letdown against uh, North Carolina, like uh, Holly's kind of mentioning here? Well, I don't. I don't think it'll be a, a letdown. I think. Um, I think it's actually, uh, you know, a little bit beneficial for them. Um, you know, especially once uh, DeAndre Francois, he's out. He's now out for the season. Uh, so you get a chance to have your true freshman quarterback. Um, who, you know, played very, very sparingly in the game against Alabama. But you've given him two weeks to practice and then get him acclimated and bring him along slowly. I mean, even in practice, you're still playing against some of the better athletes in college football. So, you know, it's not like he, he's going up against their light now. He's not taking any hits. But at the same time, he gives a chance to learn how to do his reads. So James Blackman, um, He's got his work cut out for him. He's got a lot to take in. I'm pretty sure that playbook uh, that they have down there with Jimbo Fisher is pretty extensive. So he'll have some time to get acclimated. But I think they could use that time to uh, to get themselves together. And, you know, we'll see how it goes. But I think that team, especially with the athletes that they have and the defense that they, they can play with, they still, you know, held Alabama to 24 points. And Alabama's a pretty powerful offense. So I'm looking forward to seeing how this team acclimates. And and also, don't forget that Florida State still probably has the best defensive player in the nation in Derwin James over there. That guy is an absolute baller. You will look out for this. You you will hear his name throughout this college season and possibly next season as well. Keep an eye out for that guy, but he'll keep them afloat. All right, Holly, you called it Michigan. No problem against Cincinnati. Uh, Same theme as uh, Fresno State here as as Troy's mentioning, they they walk they leave town with a 1.2 million dollar check and they're really good you know uh, performance against a top 10 team, so um, they're going to go against Air Force, so more of the same I guess if you're looking at week three it looks Michigan shouldn't have a problem with Air Force but that's where we're at right. 
Yes, I think, you know, especially now that Ohio State has lost, it opens the door for the rest of the Big Ten. And I think, um, unfortunately for Michigan, the next couple games are just not very challenging. They play Air Force this week, and then they're at Purdue next week. And it won't be until they play Michigan State a couple of weeks from now that they have a little bit of a challenge. Um, you know, but Michigan's defense, I think, is just really good. And I think, you know, they're going to they're going to beat Air Force by quite a bit. I'd, I'd say maybe 30 points, between 25, 30 points. All right, Troy, LSU beat Chattanooga, which wasn't a problem. Uh, they go up against, I guess, the Mississippi State next week. So uh, what do we say of the Tigers right now after two weeks? Um, they got a little bit of penalty issues plus uh, reliable kicker issues. And so against SEC opponents, uh, what do we see there for LSU? Well, LSU is, is you know, they, they love to play these SEC games. I mean, these guys, they, they win a lot of those games. They're, you know, one of the upper echelon teams in that in that league. Um Darius Geis right now, he's probably a Heisman Trophy candidate. Uh, He's replacing Leonard Fournette from last year. And, you know, even with Fournette there, where Fournette took a few games off for injury, they didn't have any drop-off whatsoever. As a matter of fact, there are some people in Baton Rouge that feel like Darius Geis may be a better football player than Leonard Fournette. The key for LSU in this game and also the rest of their season will be the play that they get at quarterback. So if Etling can actually give them some semblance of a pass game. Now, you know, the last two games that they played, well, you know, you know, you're not you're not going to mix those guys up with Alabama whatsoever. But what you wanted to what you wanted to see was for them to get some kind of continuity. Now, Mississippi State is not going to be a pushover. You know, they got, you know, they're they're 2 and 0 right now. They're, you know, used to seeing LSU. They know what LSU does. So, it's going to be a challenge for them. But I think once everything is said and done, I think LSU was just way too much, too powerful. And, you know, I think it'll be a pretty good win for them. But it, it won't be a, an absolute blowout, but it'll be a pretty good win for LSU. All right, Holly, Georgia, 2-0. and They beat Notre Dame they, by one point. So, uh, at this point, it's uh, the, the Irish are obviously – the offense is struggling. So, uh, what does it say for these two teams? Obviously, the pretty competitive game at this point, but there was probably, you know, it could have been a better game. But uh, one-point win, uh, Georgia edges Notre Dame. So uh, the Bulldogs still in the FCC contention here. I think, you know, it's one of those ugly but fun college games that happen. Uh, I think it's a really big win for Georgia because obviously I think they would have rather won by a lot more than one point and maybe in a lot – smoother fashion, but they did start a true freshman quarterback on their own in Notre Dame, and he did just enough that they were able to pull off the win. And I think that's a confidence booster when you consider the rest of the the talent they have on that team. And I think they, you know, it depends on how the quarterback situation develops the rest of the year, but I think they're kind of a dark horse. It just depends on how that position plays out. I think Notre Dame is struggling, and I'm not really a fan of them this year. I don't think they have what it takes to compete at that next level. They'll probably go to a bowl game, in my opinion, but I'm I'm going to guesstimate seven or eight wins for them. 
right, uh, so, Pauline, I mean, Wisconsin. One, one, go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Tori. Uh, one thing I wanted to say about Georgia, in, in my opinion, and watching you know the SEC teams that I've seen, I really believe that's the only team that could that could hang with uh, Alabama at this point, and it's because of their number one. They solidified a lot of things on that defensive side of the ball with Lorenzo Carter and Davin Bellamy. They've already have uh, tandems in the in the backfield with Nick Chubb, who was out for injury, and, and Sony Michelle. Those two are some of the best backs you'll see in 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 the in the, uh, in the NCAA. The question is, just like Holly alluded to, was is what are they going to get from Jake Fromm? Um, he's a freshman, but that kid is so he is so confident, and he has so much moxie back that back there. The more he plays, the better he'll get. And and I agree also with Notre Dame. They do, you know they have a lot of talent that's there. But it just seems like they just have it where they can't really put it together. But that defense is light years better than what it was last year when you've seen a lot of teams light them up. Agreed on that. Um, Holly, Wisconsin, the Badgers, they beat Florida Atlantic uh, 31-14. They they get BYU next week. So um, right here, I think uh, they put up like over two – Taylor puts up over 223 yards on 26 carries and three TDs. So – not really a you know, it's a, it was a decent matchup if you want to consider it that. But against BYU, where where you see Wisconsin here? I I think it's going to be a blowout for Wisconsin because BYU just doesn't have any offense. Um, you know, I think I think that this is going to be a pretty easy win for Wisconsin. I I think I read a stat that BYU has had in three games. Um, as much offense as most of the other teams out there had in two games. So they they just are not producing well on that side of the ball. I think Wisconsin has, has too much power up front for them, and I think it's going to be an easy one for Wisconsin. All right, Troy, uh, Auburn's, uh, Auburn, does it rebound? They're playing Mercer, so this should be, it sh- this should be a rebound game for uh for them, for Jared Stenham and company, right? Yeah, this is a get-right game for Jared Stidham. I mean, he, they kind of ran into a buzzsaw with Clemson last week. Jared Stidham, uh, he's a transfer from Baylor, um, so he's still just getting acclimated. Um, Auburn thought that they had a, a really great prospect, but, I mean, again, he has to get, get used to that, uh, that Malzahn offense, that Gus Malzahn offense that they have up there. Um so it's going to take him a little bit of time. Um, he did not have a good game against Clemson whatsoever. He was he was harassed left and right. He made a lot of mistakes. Um, so against Mercer, that should be a chip game, you know, a chip shot game for those guys. Um, but you want to see what you want to see from them is progression. And so if he can progress throughout the year and start to make some improvements, you want to see him do that against big time competition. You definitely want to see him do that against SEC competition because that team has a lot of talent around him, and it really ebbs and flows depending upon how he plays the quarterback position. All right, Holly, over on your side in the northwest, Washington State, uh, what, a, what a game. Three overtimes against Boise State. I watched that game. Uh, that was a very entertaining game. Uh, the Cougars' backup, Tyler Halinski, basically comes in and uh, saves the day there. But uh, – what what a matchup, Boise State against Washington State. Pretty pretty good game. Yes, um, that was an awesome game. I mean, the thing about Boise State I've always liked is even after Chris Peterson left, they're still a very scrappy 
you know, a scrappy school, basically. No matter if they're having a great year or not, they always they always bring it. And and Washington State is a team that is the weirdest thing. But the really weird things happen with Washington State uh, when they when whenever they play a game. Uh, I remember last year. Um, against Oregon, there were just weird things that the lights went out. Like it's just like they have some. I don't know if it's Mike Leach or like if he has some sort of weird voodoo going on. But weird things happen when people <laughs> play Washington State. So I is this conspiracy? Holly Custis was conspiracy here know. for Washington State. <laughs> I don't know, but it just feels like they're just all over the place and weird things. They're two and zero, Holly. So it, it, it can't be bad. It's not like a curse or anything. No, no, but it's like that person that's like driving down the highway and they just get in full accidents and you have no idea how it happened. That's Washington State. But then sometimes yeah. sometimes they pull out a win and you're just like, Where'd that come from? It it they're they're just all over the place. But it was a great game to watch. Uh Washington State plays uh Oregon State uh this week and Oregon State is struggling. This year, so I think uh, Washington State should have an easy game of it. But again, that should they might get in another car accident along the way. Um, <laughs> but I think <laughs> I think it was great entertainment last week with them. Troy, uh, both starting quarterbacks go out, so that that it never happens in a game where you know maybe one quarterback goes out, but both starting quarterbacks go out in this game, and I was like. Okay, next man up. We'll see what these boys can do. And I was, I was even thinking third string at some point because of the way the game was being played. I'm thinking they're gonna bring in the guy from the bench, the water cooler guy, you know, replace the. <laughs> but it was an entertaining game for three, you know three overtimes. You know what I mean? It became one of those games where you got to give Boise State. I got to give Boise, uh, Boise State credit here. They they were up, and then uh, Washington State had to come down. Uh, it had to come up from uh, from a 21 point deficit. So it wasn't like you know. But a very competitive game and three overtimes to boot. So, yeah, I love Boise State. I love watching them play. I love the fact that they scrapped their way all the way up to national prominence. That Bluefield, just a great team. But as as Ali said, I mean Washington State, they just have that Mike Leach effect. It's always something going on around these guys up there in Pullman. So uh, they're going to be an interesting team to watch. I mean, especially with Falk back there, he may be the best quarterback in the Pac-12. And that's including you have Sam Darnold down at USC, and then you also have um, uh quarterback in Washington. Um, he may be the best quarterback out of all of those guys. Now, he may not get drafted ahead of those guys, but, you know, we're talking about actual quarterback play. Luke, Luke Falk is a great quarterback, so keep your eye on that guy going forward. All right, Ollie, uh, let's finish up here. Florida. 0-1, they go get they they face Tennessee or uh, yeah Tennessee because their northern uh, their game against Northern Colorado was canceled. So um, where do we say Florida? Is Florida Tennessee is Tennessee's win here? Well, I think um, I think this this is a, definitely a big game as far as the SEC is concerned. I'm I'm leaning towards Florida just because it's at home. And they're going to be chomping up a bit uh, to redeem themselves after getting stopped by Michigan. However, I think it's going to be a very close game. And and if Tennessee ends up pulling it out, I wouldn't be surprised. But leaning towards Florida here. All right. So Florida is what we're looking at right now. Um, so 
what what is uh Holly, what are you the three three games can dive into for this coming week? Um, I'd say that Tennessee Florida game, the Clemson uh Louisville game, those two are obvious uh picks. I think the next one I would pick is Texas at USC. Um just go. because I'm really interested to see I want to see what happens with Texas. They seem to be a hot mess right now, and I think USC, you know, should win this game. But anytime you beat a school like Texas, even if the team is down, it's a brand. So if you can beat a brand that's that's like Texas on that level, it will add another notch to your belt. So I see USC, you know, uh, controlling this game start to finish, but. Texas is kind of like watching reality TV. I feel like something is going to happen every week, and I'm interested to see what happens this week. And, Troy, what's your top three that we got to watch out for? Um, you, all all the ones that Holly just talked about, um, uh, especially that USC-Texas game, that is – I mean, it's funny how Fox is running the commercials about this being a rivalry game or revenge game. They're speaking of the, you know, Texas completely upset that USC team who was thought to be a juggernaut around that time. I mean, they, USC was on top of the world beating everyone just just senselessly, and, and, and most people didn't give uh, Texas a chance uh, to win that game. This would be more of the same. I mean, Texas is going in there. They're kind of down, you know, after getting um, uh, just beaten down by Maryland. Maryland came in there and just ambushed them. So, you know, they're looking to bounce back. Chris Warren uh, uh, Jr., he's going to be out there. He is a really big back, kind of taking um, – he and Deontay Foreman, who, who was drafted by the, the Houston Texans last year, they split time. He's going to be a big focal point of that one. Uh, Shane Bichelle, also, he's a sophomore quarterback. He's going to be going head-to-head with Sam Darnold, everyone's golden boy right now. So that team, don't be surprised if Texas goes in there and gives it a game. It's going to be in L.A., but, you know, don't be surprised if uh, if Texas kind of makes a game out of it. Also, I wanted to take a look at that Stanford-San uh, Diego State game, a little one that's going under, under the radar, but then that's that running back battle that they had, have out there. Bryce Love, he's – He's a great running back, uh, taking Christian McCaffrey's place. And then you got Rashad Penny for San Diego State. He's already racked up 413 yards and three touchdowns. San Diego State, they just churn out backs. I mean, they just do that over the years. It started with Marshall Falk, and um, you had you had some uh, players from there that were drafted last year. Uh, so they they're, they're looking. You want to see a running back battle? Take a look at that Stanford game. Uh, Stanford versus San Diego State. It'll be in San Diego. All right, guys, so that covers college football for um, week two and kind of preview and kind of give you an idea of what to watch for for week three. Um, so Troy and Holly are going to come back next week and kind of we're going to analyze those games as well, as well as the top 25, kind of go through this like we just did today. So, um, you know what, I, I, I was going to turn off Boise State against the Boise State game, but then I, I all of a sudden it just, uh, you know, kept me going. <laughs> I'm like overtime, then second overtime. Third overtime, I'm like, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> uh, I even canceled dinner, and my wife was not a very happy camper because of that. She's like, well, you can watch the game. We're going to do dinner. I said, uh, just bring takeout. She's like, takeout? Are you serious? And I'm like, come on, dude. It's like 20-year marriage. I mean, just go get takeout and come back. 
You know, it's not, <laughs> not going to turn in my divorce papers today. You know what I mean, it's not going to happen. But uh, I did watch yeah, a good game. Sound like, three sound like you got the college football bug. I do, and that's not cool at home. You know what I mean? First it's NFL, and then she's like, you got NFL. And then she's like, oh, you got to cover women's gridiron. Uh, yeah, oh, now it's college football? What is wrong with you? I'm like, I have, I have a fever. I have a fever. You know what I mean? No title is going to take care of that or Advil. Just I have a fever. It's just going to happen. There you but, go, um, man. That's how it happened, you know what I mean? So um, it's not like I'm going to get divorced or anything. I, I don't think so. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm, in Calif- I'm in California. They're going to tear They're going to – I have to give everything away anyways. So I'm already ready for that, I guess, if that comes to <laughs> – I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, thanks, California. Um, all right. Uh, Jaguars, we go to the NFL. Um, Holly, the Jaguars taking on uh, the Texans and 10 sacks. So is this a revitalization of Jacksonville, or what's going on? I don't know, but my fantasy team is frowning right now because I took Houston's <laughs> defense, and my opponent took Jacksonville's defense, and I'm not happy. But Of course uh, you're not. Man, <laughs> man, did Houston's line just get destroyed. Like, I, yes, this, wow. Is that, the, is that a nice word for, like, not showing up? Yeah, pretty pretty, pretty much. Um, I think, I mean, Fournette had a great game on the ground. I think, you know, Jacksonville looked more cohesive on their offense, but their defense was what won them the game. And Houston's in in trouble. Their defense still has a lot of talent, but, gosh, they got to fix that line. And that's kind of a story on quite a few teams this this, uh, last week, is offensive line play was definitely down. Oh God! Oh, cool. yeah, yeah. yeah I agree. Know. It was pretty, Absolutely. pretty horrible. Yeah, uh, especially the Colts game, which I loved. <laughs> Troy, you <laughs> called it Rams, Rams, man. Wade Phillips, man. I was like, I could have been drunk. That was that good of a game. And I could have just got got drunk. <laughs> I was like, man, I was on fantasy football. My, I picked the Ram. I have the Ram defense, and then I was on Fanduel, and it's like thirty points right off the bat. I'm like. What is going on? And this is awesome. So uh, I know it's week one. I know. I mean, I had everybody, every Niner and Raider fan around me saying, "Oh, it's it's, like, it's against the Colts, Oscar. Chill out." And I'm like, "All right, guys. But, you know, this is got to get hyped. You know what I mean?" I knew Phillips was going to bring it, even with not uh, with Donald out there. And you called it, bro. You said, "Watch out for the Ram defense." And here it is. Yeah, and that's that's what I yeah, as you said, Aaron Donald, he wasn't out there. I mean, these guys were flying around, and in my opinion, you guys pretty much have the best uh, defensive coordinator in the league, Wade Phillips. The guy can scheme up anything. He he was he, you guys were just fantastic out there. And by the way, another guy who I've been kind of uh, propping up is Cooper Cup. Man, I love that guy. I love the way that kid plays, man. Great, great pickup for the Rams. He's going to be one of those guys that that kind of makes plays here and there. He's going to become a fan favorite very quickly out there in LA. Now, uh, Holly, what do we say about the Colts? Uh, I know Pagano, and it's always been an emotional type of swing here, but they got issues. Uh, I mean, I know it's against the Rams, but coming up this next week, depending on who they're playing here next week, uh, if they show up with the same performance against Los Angeles. We got we got issues in uh, in Indianapolis, especially with no Andrew Luck. I I mean, okay, if you're just looking at week one, 
I think the Colts were the worst team in that week by far. And <laughs> here's the thing, like, yes. And not not even, not a knock against the Rams because the Rams played well. I just think the no, Colts are in serious. They're in serious trouble. And I don't know how you don't have the, a decent backup behind Andrew Luck. You have guys coming off the street, and I don't even know who these people are, and they're god awful. Hey, Holly, Holly, somebody <laughs> tweeted me, is, is it time to call Cap? Yeah, everybody <laughs> doesn't say that because I'm just saying, like, I think I could be better than these guys, and I'm sure <laughs> that Kaepernick is a better quarterback than I am because I, I play linebacker. So I think, <laughs> I think he's sitting there yeah. like – Troy, Troy, she's on the clock now. Week five. She said by week five. So do you think Indianapolis makes the call? This is where we're at now. Does Indianapolis make the call if luck doesn't come back? Indianapolis has a lot of problems right now, a lot of problems. Their quarterback is probably the biggest one. They don't know when they're going to get Andrew Luck back. They traded for Jacoby Brissett, you know, from New England. Scott Tolzien was just awful after throwing two pick sixes. They bought in Brissett. They don't even know who they're going to start this coming up week. You know, they're sitting there trying to be trying to be coy about it. Who cares? Whoever is going out there is going to get blasted because they never could protect Andrew Luck, and they won't be able to protect these guys. They already had issues on the defensive side of the ball. Vontae Davis missed this past game. He may miss this one also. Jarrell Freeman. Oh, I'm sorry. They lost him anyway. But, yeah, they, they, they're, they're a mess over there all the way around it's going to be some heads rolling in the off season because they really had a good chance to put that team together, but they never got them a running back. They never got them, you know, uh, an offensive line and they never solidified their defense the proper way. This is not going to be a good season for the Colts. All right, let's go from uh, really bad to uh, Holly. Let's go to San Francisco, Carolina, San Francisco. What did you think of the Panthers? Oh dear. Okay. So a couple of things. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> so I was really excited this offseason. I'm still excited as a Niners fan. I know it's a work in progress. But our offensive line, speaking of offensive lines, it needs some work. I feel like we have talent, but I feel like they're not together. And I don't know if it's they're just learning the new scheme or what, but our offense was non-existent this game. It was It was pretty bad. I feel like our defense has gotten better, but we still need some work there too. As far as the Panthers go, I think I think Cam, you know, is obviously back on the field. I don't think he's quite back yet, um, but I think you give him a couple of weeks and he'll he'll uh, get back in in rhythm. And it was hey, fun Holly, watching. Even yes. even the opponent's quarterback was calling for Kaepernick to start versus the quarterback that you have now. So that's got to yeah, right. I, I make the call already... to Katie Sowers and email Katie Sowers and go, hey, Katie Sowers, can you convince these people to bring him back? <laughs> you know what I mean? Talent in certain places. We have talent at running back. We have talent at tight end, fullback, and we have talent at linebacker. We we just have we have pieces, and you know the next yeah, couple yeah. of years is going to be. Yeah, the defensive line is very strong. They just need to. I think they need time to gel in the new scheme. I think it's just going to take some time to see how they're going to piece it together. We're obviously lacking in some areas. 
Um, I think the Panthers are still they're still strong, um, but I think they need to uh, be tested a little bit more than the, than the Niners' offense. But I think I think they're still going to uh, be a strong team, and it was fun watching. I just love watching Christian Crafty. Like he's just just fun to watch. I wish they would actually use him even more. Um, but you know, as a Niners fan, just have to roll with the punches and, and and get back up. And it doesn't get much easier because we play the Seahawks next week. So I don't know when we're going to score a touchdown. It might be five weeks from now, but <laughs> but we'll see. Well, week five, week up to week five, you said somebody will sign Cap, so maybe San Francisco will resign him if they get that bad, or it's going to be Indianapolis. You know. So there's like two spots right now that are desperately for quarterbacks, and you know that Kaepernick would probably be a better fit than the ones that they have on the roster now. We all know that. That's just like a fact. Oh, yeah. I I honestly feel like it might get to a point that they might start uh, bringing up CJ or, or rookie backup because he's very raw, but right. I think he has a lot of upside. So we'll see how long – like Hoyer's gonna have to, he's gonna have to, um, you know, right the ship a bit. He he didn't, he was just, he was not. It wasn't like he played bad. It was just he was right. not leading the team the way that the offense needed to be led. And I don't know if that's him or if it's that they're learning the scheme, you know. And I feel like Shanahan had this great scheme at Atlanta, but sometimes what happens is you have coaches that fall in love with schemes and they try to fit players into the scheme that don't fit into the scheme, and sometimes you have to adjust that scheme for the personnel you have. Or you have to understand that you're going to have growing pains until you can find the people that fit into your scheme. So I think that's, there's a little bit of that going on. So, Shannon, uh first week out here, reality check for him because it's way different than Atlanta, and you called it last week a uh, uh, when you were talking about how we'll see how they, you know, they come out in week one. So here we go against Carolina. they pretty much outmatched. But they get to the Seahawks. The Seahawks, uh, Troy, coming off a, uh, against Green Bay. And so they get they get uh, kept out of the end zone uh, against the Packers. So we're, we're, where do we stand here with Seattle? Well, Seattle issue, Seattle's issue is just that we were just alluding to. That offensive line, I mean, they have – Number one, they already had, you know, their their left tackle, uh, Fant, he went out uh, in the preseason. They are really working with guys that really have no business being on the NFL roster. I mean, that offensive line is not protecting Russell Wilson. He was running for his life against Green Bay, and it's not going to stop. Uh, you know, and I know that Seattle, uh, Seattle's playing San Francisco this week, I believe, Um Seattle's not going to have an easy time with that team. The talent that San Francisco has on that defensive line, they could very well upset Seattle. And and and, and I, I'm not. It's, it's, they are not a very good football team up front. Um, and it doesn't matter what kind of running backs that they have, because if you can't protect your quarterback and you can't, you know, open up holes for these guys, it's really not going to matter. Seattle's that was their whole issue. Now Seattle obviously is going to be playing a defensive uh, game. That's that's their forte. That's what they do. Um, but they, if they don't find a way to get Russell Wilson some time, it's going to be a long season for Seattle. I still believe that they're going to make the playoffs. 
I just think that the way that they that coaching staff that they have up there, they always tend to figure things out. But it's starting to see like you know, um, uh, they put a lot into this this past off season, you know, trying to you know solidify a lot of things, and it's really get starting to get frustrating for for Pete Carroll, I'm sure, to watch his team go out there and struggle on offense like that. I mean, they brought in maybe like five or six backs, and all of those backs look really good. And they thought, with you know, with uh, an extra year with Fant, with his his his, his second year, and then he goes out with the injury. They're decimated up front and and not very talented, so they're going to have some problems. Holly Baltimore, uh, pretty impressive in their division against Cincinnati. So th- we all know that they have veteran uh, veteran personnel there in Baltimore, and they play all, almost every season. They they play tough. So the Ravens, are you buying into the Ravens right now after week one? Not quite, just because I don't think Cincinnati is very good. I think the Ravens have a lot of veteran talent, and I think they could definitely be in the playoff picture. But, um, I, you know, I don't really think the Bengals are going to be that great. And so Baltimore plays um, uh, Cleveland this week. Um, and then the Jaguars the following week, and then the Steelers. So in the next few weeks, we'll see exactly where they're kind of at because you have a nice, healthy mix of levels of teams in that mix. But I think they could be they could be there, but they're not quite tilled yet. All right, Troy, Green Bay, Dallas, uh, week one outings. What do you think of Green Bay and Dallas right now if you make an assessment? Uh, Green Bay still has Aaron Rodgers. Um, as long as they have that guy, they have a chance. I was really surprised at how their how fast their defense have, have become. I mean, they they started to get faster on the corner. Um, they're they, on the defensive line. They're they're getting upfield. Um, I thought it would have been a drop off with um, with uh, Peppers leaving and going back to Carolina, but uh, they stepped right up and and they started making plays out there and they really gave Seattle fits now they they did it against an outman offensive line but you're still playing an NFL caliber team and and when you get on the field you got to get after it and they really got after it and they not allowing Seattle to score a point I mean a, a touchdown I thought that was big for them uh when it came to Dallas it, it was I mean just watching again you know this is the same narrative Dallas went against you know, and everyone kind of called Dallas Dallas's defense that no-name defense because they really don't have a whole lot of stars on that side, except for Sean Lee, who I, I really wish people would start giving that guy more credit because he is, to me, he's the best linebacker in the game. Uh, put him right next to Luke Keekley. Luke Keekley gets a lot of the fanfare. Sean Lee is just as good, if not better, than Luke Keekley in my opinion. Uh, but New York, the New York Giants, you know, they didn't have Odell Beckham, and most people attributed Beckham being out to them having a problem, but their problem also stemmed from the offensive line. They couldn't block a soul out there. They could not protect Eli Manning. They never could. They couldn't run last year. They can't run this year. And so um, until they solidify their offensive line, and they're lucky that Eli is about as tough as a $2 steak, but, you know, if, if not, man, I mean, who knows how long that guy would have been out there. But Dallas really just beat up on New York. New York didn't have a shot. It wasn't even close during their game. So both of those teams look very impressive. Holly, let's go to the other side of the Bay. Uh, Raiders had a great season last year, 12-4, and four, and then Carr goes down with the with the uh, broken leg. 
Uh, they go up against Tennessee in the opener here. What was your thoughts on the Raiders? I think the Raiders are even better than I thought they were going to be. I I was really impressed with that game with the Raiders. Um, the the offense, Carr looks great. You know, he still has a ton of weapons. He's very methodical and you know precise with his throws. And their their defense, their defensive front has gotten better. Their, their question is still, I think, in the secondary, but they got so much pressure on Mariota because Tennessee also has offensive line issues. So part, my football husband was running around with his head cut off trying to make things happen and running for his life the entire game because their defensive front was getting so much pressure. Uh, I think Tennessee is still a playoff team, but I think the Raiders – could challenge New England for that top spot in the UFC. All right, so Troy, I'm going to give it to you. Uh, the Browns, um, you know, what do you, what do you see of the Browns right now at this point? I mean, uh, good game. Uh, this is Jackson's uh, pretty much tenure now. So, what do we think of uh, Cleveland even in the AFC? Well, I mean, they they aren't going to make any noise. Um, you know that that's for sure. But what they've done is they they've stocked a lot of talent. Uh, Miles Garrett, he's going to be out for a few weeks because of a high ankle sprain. Uh, they drafted Jabril Peppers, who was probably my favorite player in the draft. Um, and then they're starting their rookie quarterback. So they already know that they have their work cut out for them. I thought that they actually acquitted themselves pretty well. I mean, Deshaun Kaiser, he looked really good out there for a rookie. I mean, going against the Pittsburgh Steelers, that veteran defense out there, I thought he played pretty well. And so, you know, you'll see um, how he progresses. Is he, you know, is he going to hit one of those rookie walls? Um, is he going to um, ascend to a higher peak? I mean, they have they have to go – to Baltimore next week, which is always a tough place to play. It's a division game. You got two division games in a row. We'll see how how, how the Browns go. I mean, they they can and 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 that's the thing. They they have some talent on, on at the skill positions. They can run the football a little bit uh, with West. So you know we'll see you know how they how, how they go into that game. So it's going to be a little bit different from the Steelers. The Ravens is probably a better defense, uh, believe it or not, than the Steelers. So you know we'll see how they um, how they go up there, but I was actually present. I was uh, pleasantly surprised at how the Browns looked out there, especially from Deshaun Kaiser. Now my team, your team, this week it's on. Uh, your only weapon is Pryor, Jerome Pryor, versus your your guy that you just uh, you know uplifted here, which is Cooper. So uh, how do you see the Redskins faring against the Rams? Oh man, I mean, okay, so you know, it's it, they're right along the same lines as Tennessee, where last year both of those offensive lines were uh, were ranked one of the best offensive lines of football, and then this week one, I don't know what in the heck happened. I mean, these guys, Washington's offensive line just got destroyed, and which caused Kirk Cousins to rush his throws, and Kirk Cousins was he was about as erratic as I've ever seen him. Um, you know, balls were high, and, and this was a, the, the narrative all throughout preseason, and I'm kind of preaching patience, and then you go out there against Philadelphia and you do the same thing. Philadelphia's defensive line just beat them up. And the last five games they played against Philly, they really manhandled Philly up front, even though they had, you know, a pretty talented front that you have up there. So it's not going to get any easier 
going against the Rams, especially with an angry Aaron Donald that's coming back. And then you that, that front that they have in, in L.A. is already scary enough. If you thought you had problems with Philly, they're definitely going to have some problems with, with the Rams out there. Um, I just think that they have to get Jordan Reed involved. Um, that's, that's, the key, that's the key cog to their offense. But the thing is that everyone else knows that also. So what are you going to do when they take that guy away? You have to make plays, at, 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 and I'm speaking as far as Kirk Cousins. You're going to have to make throws that you're not necessarily comfortable with. He's going to have to ascend, especially if he's you know, asking for the numbers that he's asking for. He's going to have to make the plays that upper echelon quarterbacks make. Terrell Pryor and Jamison Crowder, they're going to have to catch the football. You know, they dropped way too many passes. That, that whole offense was completely inept. And still at the end, they had a chance to win it. So that's the, that bodes well for them. And the defense actually looked a lot better. So I think they definitely have a chance. But I just think that, honestly, I believe that the Rams are a little bit more talented, talented than them. And they also have the momentum. So I, I kind of believe that the Rams are going to take this game. Uh, and you, you've been talking about McVay uh, even uh, the year before and the year you know before that about the offensive schemes and everything else. So you're pretty much you know you under, you pretty much know what uh, Coach McVay brings to the table in terms of offense. So that's going to be tough, yeah, for, I guess, to Washington. Yeah, because he he knows how to get quarterbacks into rhythm, and and you you saw that with golf. I mean, a lot of people were you know calling golf a bust after last year. He's a rookie quarterback. But you get you put him in a situation where you have a coach out there who understands how to get a quarterback in the rhythm, and he went out there and threw for 300 yards um, against the Colts uh, secondary. Now they're a little bit out man, but listen again, you're playing against NFL competition, and you'd rather him do, have a great game against a bad team than a bad game against a bad team, right? So you, all you're looking for is to get your quarterback confidence, and McVay is very good at doing that. Now Holly, uh, in the Valley of the Sun. In Phoenix, very crushing. Johnson goes down, Palmer's up and down, Fitzgerald's at the end, at the end of his rope. Everybody assumed that this was going to be a good year in Arizona. So now we're looking at, you know, are they going to be worse than the Niners at this point? If the Niners pick up their pace and midway through the season, and if this team doesn't do their job, we could be looking at uh, two teams fighting for the seller. Yeah, and that was not the start you wanted to have if you're an Arizona uh, fan, for sure. I think I think the window is kind of closing on that personnel group. And, you know, I think – I hate to see it, but I, I think this might be the year that they start to fade away. I don't know if they're going to be as bad as the Niners because they still have – they still have more talent – top to bottom, but I, I that was not a good start. They do play the Colts this week. Maybe that will help them get back on track, but even if they're able to pull out a decent year this year, that window is definitely closing on them. So they're going to have to do whatever they can <clears throat> to fight for a playoff spot, but I that was not a good first look for them at all. Were you disappointed, Ollie, in uh, Peterson's performance? Uh, New Orleans I think against uh, David Johnson, was Minnesota, biggest, was, was a huge hit for them. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I just think Kerwin Williams is the guy that's, that, that's going to have to step up and take over uh, the lead back duties from David Johnson. But that was a huge loss for them. I agree. I mean, that's a big blow. I mean, you you lose a, a star running back. It's a big blow for them. And then 
they're having offensive issues as well. Um, Holly, what about uh, Peterson returning to Minnesota? Bradford lights it up with Diggs and and Thielen out there. Uh, the only the only uh, Breeze receiver was a tight end, which is Fleener. So, uh, what does it say about New Orleans? Well, this again made my fantasy team not happy because I took a flyer at Peterson, you know, because I still believe in it. I actually did pretty well in other areas, but these are just like the funny things I like to make fun of myself for. Sure. So I did take a flyer on on, on Peterson because I was like, you know, this guy came back from all these injuries. He's tough as nails. I, and then I realized, I don't know, maybe halfway through the first quarter that He's not the right fit for for the Saints, and it and you would have thought that on paper, but I was kind of hoping that you know Sean Payton was smart enough that they could try to find a, a spot for him, but it's evident to me that he's just not he's not the right. He's, he, it's like Jimmy Graham with Seattle. It's just not. He's a great player, but he's not in the right system and not with the right team, and and it makes sense because you have Drew Brees, and Drew Brees has made. <clears throat> to swing the ball over all over the field, and he really needs just some back that's going to be a change of pace guy. And Adrian Peterson is built to be like a tank that takes, you know, 20, 25 carries a game. That's what he's used to. So it's going to be very difficult for him. And you could see that on the sideline as he got into it with Aiden a little bit. And the, but it makes sense because you're playing Minnesota, so it's like it's basically like you're you're with your new girlfriend, and now you're watching your ex with their new person who's like half your age and you want you want to be like, hey, like give me the ball. I want to show them what I can do still. And he was only given a handful of carries and he wasn't able to do much with them. And so that that's your analysis here. Peterson is probably not going to be the answer for the Saints all season long. They got Ingram still. So that's okay. maybe a solution there. Maybe <laughs> Yeah, but I think they saw that. Totally scaled it with him. This is awesome player. Let's try to like make this work, and maybe we'll find a spot for him, you know, down the line. But for it's just it was not working, and I don't think it's just Peterson. I think they just that's just how their run game operates. They yeah. really throw it all over the yard and they need to change this guy more used to and suited for that type of role and their rookie running back as well but I, I Peterson needs he needs the ball multiple times for him to get in the rhythm and I don't know if this is a fit for him all right so Troy yeah. uh what do we say about Denver uh Chargers good game you know, Denver wins by three. It's usually a very competitive game in, uh, between the two of them. Trevor Simeon comes away with a win versus Phillip Rivers. Um, where are the Chargers right now? Um, you know, the Chargers, they're, they're just they're, – they're a team that's that's trying to evolve. I mean, it's good that they're uh, – of course, they got Phillip Rivers there. He's the mainstay. But I think the key for them – was uh, was being healthy uh, at, at a few positions. Keenan Allen coming back was enormous. He is he's honestly he's one of my favorite receivers because if you if you watch him play, he's not fast. He's not the biggest guy, 
but he I don't care who you have on him. He's going to get open. Uh, he he kind of he was turning Chris Harris Jr. around. Chris Harris Jr. is the top five cornerback in this league. It's not even a question about that. And he was giving Chris Harris fits out there. And so it's great to have him back there. Are they going to be able to capitalize on the defensive side? You got Joey Bosa over there who's coming off the edge. Um, and, you know, you got two – as a matter of fact, you have two great bookends over there in San Diego. If they can rush the passer – they can cover a little bit, uh, cover a little bit more. They got Casey Hayward at the cornerback position. He was formerly a Green Bay. He had a great year last year, and he looked even better uh, last night. So that team has some has some room to grow. I, I really think that they're headed in the right direction. But I think really, as far as the franchise is going to go, how long is Philip Rivers going to continue to play? The guy loves to play, and you know, also I think he has like eight kids right now. I don't think he can afford to retire. Uh, so he's going to have to play for a long time. But I really like the way San Diego plays. I just really like that team. All right. So, Holly, Thursday we get the Bengals coming off a, a, a loss uh, against the Ravens, and then you got Houston coming off a beatdown from Jacksonville on Thursday night. So um, who's going to win here? Who, who, who gets the win? Well, I, I say that, okay, I think the Colts had the worst outing last week that these two teams were right there. I, I think... <laughs> uh, They're going for a prize. We're going for a prize now. <laughs> yeah, we're, 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 going for the, we're going for the lovable loser prize. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I don't let's know, call it, man. Let's call it, let's call it the, uh, the, the, the Custis analysis of losers. There you go. <laughs> Yes, yeah. so the basement dwellers. Um, yes, basement dwellers. So I don't know because, okay, Andy Dalton last week, I believe I read he had a quarterback rating under 10, which is like, I think it's only happened like one or two other times. He had four yeah. interceptions. He's a hot mess. And he had the Texans offensive line that's a hot mess. You know, if you combine these, these two teams, it would it would be kind of – you can make a, a, a very funny uh, theatrical show out of it, but I, so I your analysis to... your analysis is we're going to be the kickers are going to make the difference in this game. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, <laughs> gonna... it, it, you know it's <laughs> man, it's going to be. I, I I'm going to lean towards the Texans just because I feel like their defense is is still talented, but it's going to be. <laughs> it might be one of those games where they have a thousand punts. And then the commentators have nothing to say about it because it's really boring. So they're like, oh, look, they gained 10 yards of field position. That was a great punt. And, you know, that's probably what we're looking for. <laughs> All right. So, Tom pick the winner. so you're taking Houston. You're taking Houston, right? I'm taking Houston just because they still have they still have talent on, on the defense. They're uh, I'm with you. Men. I'm taking Houston. <laughs> no, no way. No way. Uh, Cincinnati, uh, I'm going Cincinnati all the way. It's at home in Cincinnati. Um, Tom Savage last week was anything but Savage. Deshaun Watson is going to be starting <laughs> at the quarterback position on on Thursday. It's a short Ooh. week. He's a rookie. Cincinnati has a pretty stout defense, and they have some players on that side of the ball. I think Cincinnati beats them going away. Houston better get it together. I mean, come on. It, you, you lay an egg in front of your fans after what your city's gone through. Inexcusable. Come on, Houston, step up. All right, Holly, uh, we had Cleveland, Baltimore. 
Uh, is this going to be the big test for uh, the Browns? I think so. You know, if you have um, – Kaiser had a great game last week, uh, but the Ravens, you know, I think I think are going to prove a solid challenge for him. And I think this game, if the Browns were able to, to win this game, it would make you take notice of them. I don't think they're quite there yet, though, and I'm going to go with the, the Ravens on this one. All right, Troy, uh, we're looking at um, – I'm not even going to go in Arizona into Indianapolis here because that's just almost the same as Houston, oh. Cincinnati, <laughs> pretty much. Um, we're looking at Carolina at Buffalo. We're going to see how Buffalo really, uh, you know, against a good offense here in Carolina. Um, you know what? I think this this battle is gonna be, it's gonna come down to how how well Shady McCoy plays, and and also how much how however they're gonna play the quarterback position in Buffalo. Um, is Tyrod Taylor, is Tyrod Taylor gonna play this week? Um, they have a really tough defense that they're going against the Carolina, and Carolina does not lose a lot at home. I'm gonna go for Carolina here. All right, Holly, we got Jacksonville, who obviously did their job in Houston. Now they're getting uh, they're going up against Mariota and Tennessee, so pretty good matchup I think in terms of the both clubs. I think it's a really good game because it's a game of up and coming teams. Um, I think this game could go one of two ways. I think if the Titans' offensive line can bring a better showing and more like they played last year, then I think the Titans win in a close game. But as they play like they did last week, I think the Jaguars are going to run away, run away with this game just because Marcus is a really good quarterback and he's very mobile. But just like any other quarterback out there, you have to give him a little bit of time so he can create. And, and um, you know, I was really impressed with uh, Corey Davis, the rookie receiver they picked up. I think him and Marcus are going to have a really good long-term quarterback-receiver relationship. Um, but then the Jaguars also had uh, Fournette that, that stepped up into his uh, uh, rookie debut. So I think it's actually going to be a fun game to watch, and I plan on, on trying to watch it um, just because I, I think it's going to show a lot of up-and-coming talent. All right, uh, Troy, we get uh, Carson Wentz against uh, Alex Smith which I'm looking forward to that game. Philly, Kansas City, Kansas City coming off of a, a nice game against New England, um, and then Philadelphia obviously taking care of their rival, Washington. So Philly, Kansas City, looking forward to that one. Yeah, Kansas City lost probably the best safety in the game uh, back there. Um, he's going to be hard to replace, but Kansas City has a lot of weapons uh, on offense now. All of a sudden, especially with Kareem Hunt, rookie Kareem Hunt, that was a really under, you know, uh, underlying point, especially after this first weekend of what he did against that New England defense, uh, running for over 140 yards, and also catching, you know, and receiving for almost 100 yards. He really showed out. Um, Tariq Hill, my God, that dude, wow, that, that that's probably the most exciting player in the NFL right now. Not to mention that Kansas City defense is still stout. They don't lose a whole lot in Arrowhead. Um, and I think that the momentum of them beating the defending champions and not just any defending champions, you beat the New England Patriots, I just think that bodes well for the momentum. Reed is a great coach, and this is a get-back game for him because he gets to play against his old team. A very, a, that, that should be a great talking point this week. 
Andy Reid is not going to let his team lose to the Philadelphia Eagles. Put it down, Kansas City. That is my lock of the week. Kansas City will beat the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay, Holly, and then we got uh, Dallas-Denver in the afternoon. Uh, Dallas Cowboys taking on Denver, one of the other games, the marquee games, uh, because of Dallas coming off the win against uh, the Giants and all. I think this is going to be an interesting game. Uh, You know, as long as Ezekiel's on the field, the Cowboys are definitely a threat. And I think the Broncos are still a strong team, especially on the defense side of the ball. And I'm interested to see that defense against the Cowboys offensive line because, like we were talking about earlier, there's a lot – gosh, the the offensive line play last week was pretty bad. But I tell you what, you could tell the difference when you watch the Cowboys. I'm telling you, when when you're watching the run game for that team – it's it's kind of it's kind of poetry in motion because whoever is behind them, even if it's Ezekiel or, or not, they're getting huge holes and they they operate so well together. They're one cohesive unit, and you can really tell the difference between the Cowboys' offensive line and lines um, that we were mentioning before. It's it's night and day. Um, I'm going to lean towards the Cowboys on this one. Um, I, I I like Trevor Simeon. I, but I think I think he's going to be very challenged by the Cowboys. All right, stay with me, Holly. Uh, Green Bay, Rodgers, Matt Ryan. So this is going to be the the big game on uh, Sunday night. So it's Green Bay against Atlanta. So we're, what's your take there? I'm going to go with with the Packers. I think the Falcons struggled a bit last week. I think they were able to pull it together enough to win. Um, but you know, as much as there was a there's a difference with the Niners uh, having a, a new coach in Shanahan. I think the Falcons are, are trying to find their identity without him, and um, I think the Packers are on fire. And you know it is in Atlanta, so that helps them. So I think it will be an entertaining and fun game. But I think the Packers are going to pull it out. All right, Troy. We finish up Monday night. Uh, Stafford, big money. Stafford here taking on uh, Eli Manning and the, and the uh, Giants obviously didn't do so well against the Cowboys. So is it a, is it a Detroit lock-in? You know, it's, it's going to be a, a, a game to watch because you want to see how the Detroit front, who is, you know, they've they stepped up big time against that very porous New York offensive line. Is Odell Beckham going to play? I think he'll find a way to get up on the field. Um I don't think it'll matter. I think Detroit wins this game. I just think that Stafford right now is on a roll. But there is a caveat there that Stafford really does not play very well on the road. Um, He loves that home cooking. So, um, you know, how is he going to fare in New York on the road? Um, I'm still going to pick Detroit. I just think that they have the better team. Uh, They have the better makeup. And I just think the way he plays quarterback is is, – uh, Taylor made to go against that pretty tough New York defense. Um, if New York gets some help from its offense, it'll be a different story, but I just think right now I'm going to go with Detroit. So there you go. There's our picks for uh, the week uh, week two coming up for NFL. Um, so from Thursday all the way down to Monday. And so pretty 
pretty awesome matchups. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm hoping my Rams go two and zero at this point. That's my that's my you know deal on it. But they look good. I was happy for Week One. Um, so Troy, we're gonna go up against Cousins and company. It's gonna be a good battle, I think, in that sense. And then the Niners, Holly's Niners, um, be taking on Seattle. So that should be a West Coast matchup. So. Only uh, the Rams are in the lead in the division for now. Everybody's down, so it's just a matter of who's going to pick up the pace between week two, especially after week one and everything that happened there. So, um, so keep tabs on that. We'll be back uh, next week to kind of preview that and give you the results on that as well. Uh, you guys check out our Zazzle site at zazzle.com forward slash Granada Beauties. You guys can get up to 25% off on all our stuff, hoodies, tees, gifts, and everything else. So go to zazzle.com. Beauties. Every sale that from the, the uh, shop goes to promote another amazing player internationally and globally uh, on the platform of the Women's American Football. So uh, go to Zazzle.com, use the special codes daily, and get that. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and follow us right here on Block Talk Radio. Um, okay, Holly, let's go to Queensland. We go through week four. Um, Christy Moran, who played for the Force, and obviously Australia and the World uh, Championships. The uh, Ravens, she moved over from Logan City Jets to the Bayside Ravens. They are 4-0. They are outscoring opponents 136-60. to So they are putting uh, firepower in this league like you've <laughs> never seen before. And so uh, they're 4-0. This past weekend, they took care of business as well. So after week four, they own basically the whole – the whole league in terms of, you know, firepower in terms of offense. So they they uh, beat the Logan City Jets, former champs, 36-20 to 20 this week. So um, I, I don't know. That, that stat alone, I think, tells you a lot about how this team is built right now, offensively very gifted. <clears throat> yes, I, I, definitely, I definitely think that the switch makes sense as to why, you know, they're dominating – and it's exciting to, to watch the development, um, you know, in that league and in other leagues around the world. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm becoming a fan of these, these other leagues. I, 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 you know, knew they existed, but now that I'm diving into them more so that, uh, um, so that I can be on the show, I, I'm really enjoying learning about these teams and the players on them. And I'm definitely a fan of what they're doing. Well, Christy, you know, all, all uh, multi-time MVP in this league, plus obviously a WFA All-Star and a uh, member of Team Australia. So this this, uh, this athlete, um, she has been amazing for me and my brand and everything else, but overall as an athlete and as a person, she has been a, a good ambassador for uh, Graham Queensland for the game as well. So we've got to give her credit for that as well. So her counterpart, our other Noja football supporters, uh Lauren Evans and Kanisha Sims, and they're out of the Gold Coast Stingers, the champs from last year. They're 2-1. Uh, they've been struggling lately in the beginning and then obviously going towards the week. They're 2-1. and one. They faced up against um, the Ravens in week three, which they got beat 24-12, to 12, so that was their biggest competition in early season. So the Ravens, obviously, the better team there. But uh, going into week four here, um, the uh, Stingrays, took on the Thunder, the Griffith Thunder, and they defeated the Thunder 20-8. So they're not blowing out people at this point. Um, it's a new season, and everybody's gunning for them. That's, that's what I get uh, take away from this, Troy, that everybody already knows what they're all about, 
and they're edging because they're not beating teams by, you know, over 20 points. They're beating teams close to 12 to under 10 points. So some of the teams are getting better here. Yeah, they're reading the Raiders banner. You know, just win, baby. Doesn't matter what if you win by one point, you only win by half a point, a quarter of a point, as long as you win the game. Win in advance. There you go. So you're giving the champs credit here, huh? To stay alive. Just for the win. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you gotta get it done. You gotta find a way, you know. All right, so they're 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 the bullseye in this league, winning last year and everybody's gunning for them. The Jets are gunning. Even the Brisbane Rhinos with Aurora Turlock, our other Northern football supporter, and her mom, uh, Lon Turlock, who is the head coach of the Brisbane Rhinos, got her first win last week, got her first back-to-back win this week. So, Holly, that lady's got to be excited. Her team is playing well, and uh, they took care of the Spartans in an offensive assault, 56-18. to So this thing is starting to roll. You know, momentum in sports is a great thing, and it, and um, especially in football. So, you know, congratulations to them. I hope they continue to build upon that. Um, and, it, you know, the important thing in a streak like that when you have things going is to enjoy the energy of it but continue to work to get better. So as long as they do that, they should be – um, continuing down that path of uh, success. All right. You guys can go to gridironqueensland.com.au. That's the results there. Uh, the standings after four weeks, we got the Bayside Ravens, like I said, with Christian Moran and company. Um, they're, uh, and Grace Powers out there, 4-0. and They're going into uh, you know good standing into a bye week. The, the champs, 2-1. and um, So they're still in contention here after uh, having played three games. The Rhinos rebound after two early losses. Now they uh, up their game two and two, so they're even square. This is like a new season for them. Uh, the Thunder one and two, struggling uh, to to get you know by here, but they're playing pretty pretty decent ball on defense. The Jets, big question mark here. Can they you know going forward here? Can they muster themselves up into a playoff contention? And the Spartans continue to struggle at zero and three. So week five. At this point, it looks like, um, let me look it up here, week five, September 16th, we're looking at two-game two slate here in Queensland. It is the Spartans looking for their first win against the champs. Uh, so, Troy, I feel bad for them because normally the, the champs are coming in. And I don't think, they, I mean, they're beatable. They might be beatable. You never know. But the chances of them losing are great there. The Jets against the Thunder. This is a game that the Jets can rebound, but the Thunder have been scrappy. And so, they are not giving up an edge here. They're playing really good ball on both sides. So those two games are going to be this week. So Troy must must win for the Jets to kind of rebound and get it, make it a season. The Thunder make a statement game here, putting them down. So, um, I mean, it's going to be pretty tough this week five. It kind of separates the girls from the women, if you want to call it that, instead of the boys from the, from the men, that type of analogy. Yeah, nice cliche there. I like that one. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, well, I mean, the Jets, they're, they're, you know, they're a team that's used to win it. So, um, you know, they're a veteran team, and and they typically find a way to, to at least get their name in the conversation. So, you know, I, I think it would be pretty much more the same this week. All right, so given the schedule that's coming up in week six, uh, Ravens take on Spartans, and Spartans are winless. So that just uh, doesn't look good for uh, Sunshine Coast there for them. A uh, good game that I'm looking forward to in week six is going to be Rhinos Thunder. It's the middle of the pack in the division. 
it's going to pretty much define who's going to go into the playoffs or who's going to be third place in this in this league. And then uh, the Stingrays versus the Jets were very familiar with themselves. So we'll see what the Jets do this week. It's a crucial stage for Logan City. If they can get the big win, then they go up against the champs next weekend. So um, the other leagues we're going to talk about, we talked about in, um, in um, Germany, which we haven't discussed uh, at all, but Germany's coming up. Their uh, Ladies Bowl final is going to be on uh, September 23rd, and uh, we have those on Twitter. You guys can go to twitter.com. Um, forward slash Gridiron Beauty and get the results there for Division One, Division Two on Twitter. We also have the updates this week in Gridiron New South Wales, which the Raiders are 2-0, and continue to move forward there uh, after their big win against uh, the rematch against their uh, the 2006 rematch against Phoenix. So that's another matchup that we're looking at there. Congratulations to the Tampere Saints out in Finland. Uh, they take care of the West Coast Phoenix, and they win the championship there 33-0. So you can get all the latest Everything happening in women's football globally on Facebook at Gridiron Beauties. You can go to Twitter daily to get updates and all that. So the number one sports site on Twitter, thank you for Twitter making us number one. That's the hub for women's American football globally. So uh, Troy, Holly, you guys are part of that. So welcome aboard, number one on Twitter. So that's speak volume. Like Did we get like you know some sort of speech? Is there a podium? Do we do we think all no, the people we had to no. step on? No, I, I just got a, I got a, I got a nice uh, nice thank you and uh, from everybody. But you know what? I get a, I get great feedback from a lot of fans that never realized the amount of women that are playing, the quantity of females playing uh, American football, you know, globally. People always end direct message me. Is this real? Are these leagues for real? You know, because I had a, a, a person call me out and said, are you just putting out crap out there just to, just for highlights and stuff like that? So I try to, you know what I mean? I try to do, I try to do as many links, credible links, you know, from the network that we built up. There's players, obviously, in their homelands that send us credible links of, you know, of local uh, paper uh, profile spotlights and everything else. And that's what I try to do as much as possible is try to link on a credible link. Some of those you might have to Google Translate because, you know, it's in Finland or Germany or in another language, Austrian and stuff like that. But there is, you know, a lot of women playing American football overseas, and there's a lot of talented leagues from uh, in Europe, Australia, Guam this week. Uh, just wanted to mention, congratulations to them. Third annual Pacific Rim Sun Bowl, Linda Salas out there has made this a tournament, yearly tournament for three years where they invite a Japanese team. Uh, this year they invited a Russian team. And next year they're looking forward to inviting a Philippine or, or another uh, team from Japan as well to participate in the, um, in the league's uh, uh, Pacific Rim Sun Bowl, which is basically like a jamboree type event before the, uh, the league kicks off. So, it's, you know, there's a lot of things happening globally that people aren't aware of in the States, but it, it's a big deal. Uh, the, the sport is growing, and there's a lot of interest on, from women to play it. It's exciting. I mean, you know, I, like I understand why people might think, like, gosh, like where are all these things coming from? But I tell you, like if you <clears throat> made all these things up, that's a lot of time. It would take you to make all this stuff up. Uh, I don't sleep, Holly. Am I crazy? (laughs) I'm just kidding. That would be be like you're like, and 
the Raptors be in it. <laughs> That's a lot of effort to make that up. But, no, I, I think it's really exciting. And, and it, it's since I've started playing, the growth of the sport is just exponential. It, it's, it's ridiculous how much it's grown. I remember my first year when if you were any kind of athlete at all, you were, uh, you know, dominating. And then now we have players all over that are high-caliber athletes and all over the world, and every time we have, you know, an international camp, these players are coming to that camp, and then they get better, and then they go take that knowledge back home with them, and then their uh, their teammates at home get better, and it, it's, it's just it's awesome. I love it. Yeah, and so what I'm uh, this is one of the one of the things I tell people is uh we're not making any of this up. So this is like not fake news or anything like that. <laughs> Hashtag fake news. No, it's not fake news. Uh we're not making this up. Uh we have a we have amazing uh you know, people that are devoted to covering women's uh American football uh, internationally and I've been able to build up uh you know, the amount of network to, you know, convey with them and they, they email me, they send me stuff, uh they get they send me the links. And that's the kind of stuff you get on Facebook uh, on our Great Nine Beauty account, as well as you get on Twitter. And then on on Instagram, we try to search on Instagram to spotlight anything that's relevant for the week or within within a two week, ten day period. It makes sense, and that photographers uh, put together a nice shoot for that for the sport and show something of uh, you know a moment in in the sport, whether it be a championship, whether it be a talented player, any of that stuff. So we've been able to commit to that and devote to that. And I think it speaks volumes for just the people that are supplying the information, not just me, but the people that are supplying the information because they're passionate about the sport and making it grow. And I think that speaks amazing, um, you know, effort on their part. So I thank everybody that uh, obviously contributes to us doing the updates on our Twitter feed, our Facebook page, and obviously on Instagram as well. So a fantastic job on their part. Yeah, you know, one of the, the great things, too, um, is that, you know, since we obviously you've uh, had this network of people that will send you links and scores and pictures and stuff, it tells you that the, the demand for the sport is there. It's just under the radar, and it, it's kind of uh, kind of like guerrilla marketing, and um, we just need more exposure. And so it's really important that we continue to do this because it's just going to uh, get the word out even further and help the sport. Yeah, and that's talking about it and covering it, you know, like, and we cover it on Twitter. We have a lot of people that have come to Twitter on our Twitter site um, now that obviously are aware, and, and they're blown away. They're blown away because if everybody just thought, okay, just the WFA and the IWFL and, you know, things like that, you you would be, your head would just you know, explode when you find out, okay, there's Canada, there's Europe, there's Mexico, there's South America now, there's um, Europe, there's Australia, there's Guam. It, it's literally on every continent. And now, it, you know, people are starting to realize that. And so uh, con- uh, I want to thank uh, the people in Brazil who uh, reached out to me last week on covering their league and their uh, their playoffs, semifinals, and their playoffs are coming up this week, so we'll update those as well uh, from Brazil. And the Brazil, uh, there's a six-team six uh, league in Brazil as well that's taken effect there. So um, it's it's just been a a blessing for me to cover uh, since I started playing. Uh, I mean, uh, covering this, uh, BJ Coletta kind of drew me in here, and so ever since that, I mean, we've blown up big time, 
and we continue to do what we need to do, which is showcase the best athletes playing women's American football globally. And, um, I mean, there's a lot of talented women out there when you start looking at it, especially now you have the WFA coming up with tryouts and the IWFL. And the transition in the American, uh, American leagues, Holly, is going to be something to see because now, you're, now we're looking at transition. Now, before it was like, okay, one player's retiring, another player's retiring. But now you have literally a, a cup full of players that are just leaving. You know what I mean? Uh, they're just mm-hmm. banning chips. So now, now the uh, this coming season is going to be kind of like that rebuilding stage for the brand in the WFA or the IWFL because there's not going to be the legendary people that we're used to mentioning, like you know the Grassoffis or the Hamlins or et cetera. It's just it's going to be who's going to rise up and who we're going to be mentioning going forward. Yes, and and it makes sense because I feel like I feel like. You know, like I said in the beginning of my career, a lot of times the best players on the team, if you were any kind of athlete, you were you were pretty much dominating because a lot of the people that were on the teams initially when I was playing were people that missed out on playing. And so they're older, they haven't had, enough, you know, a lot of exposure to playing. And now what's happening is because we've been – you know, the the marketing has gotten better. It's still nowhere near where, where it needs to be. But because it's gotten better and the word's out more, we're attracting higher caliber athletes. And when you're attracting higher caliber athletes and then you're giving them the knowledge and experience that they need, then it's going to only make the sport better. And I feel like this generation that's starting to retire and I'll eventually get there <laughs> – I feel like our generation is going to be very key because I feel like that group of people, not only are we retiring, we're retiring and wanting to stay around the sport. And I feel like that's a big difference because I feel like people that retired before just kind of went off and and did their own thing and, and went on with life. And there weren't nearly enough of them that stayed around the sport to coach and to help the sport grow where I feel like this generation is going to do that and that's going to help that transition because the younger players are going to benefit from the experience because it's one thing to coach and it's another thing to have the perspective as a player and have having been gone through some of the things that these younger players are going to face. So I think that's right. going to be key to the development of the sport. Oh, yeah. And so, you know what? That's why I'm saying it's going to be an exciting season in 2018 for the WFA. So, Anybody want to go try out for a WFA team, it's WFA, uh, and you can follow them at WFAProFootball.com. Look for the links. Each state, each team, there's a logo there. Click on the team logo. You get an email. Uh, these uh, Majestics are going to have another tryout on the 23rd, right, Holly? Uh, yes, that's correct. Um, if you want information, it's uh, on the website, theseattlemajestics.com, or you can find us uh, on Facebook and on Twitter, uh, it's, I believe it's 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. And it's pretty awesome, and you should come check it out. If you have any, you know, uh, questions you have, you can always hit me up on Facebook under Holly Custis, and I'd be happy to answer the questions. All right. So uh, the Dallas Elite, the champions, and the Boston Renegades now accepting tryouts, new athletes. So follow them on uh, follow them on Facebook as well, Boston Renegades. You can go to Dallas Elite Football on Facebook. Um, two awesome organizations, DC Divas 
pretty much everybody's in tryout mode between now and March uh, before the season kicks off. So take a look at WFAProFootball.com. You can get the tryout information for all the teams in the league, as well as IWFL Sports, um, IWFLSports.com as well. Um, you can go to the WWCFL on Twitter and get their tryout information there as well for the teams in Canada. Mexico, FX Mexico is going to kick off their new uh, uh, season in spring as well, and they're, they're, they're in their offseason. Lexpo's in their offseason as well, uh, so we'll take care of that as well. So there's a lot of teams in the offseason right now during the NFL, except for uh, Australia, which is in season. Um, that's during the NFL season, so that's why we cover the uh, Queensland and New South Wales as well. Uh, Gridiron West will kick off in October. We'll see how that turns out. Their inaugural season. Gridiron Victoria starts up in March, so there's off-season off tryouts there. Um, let's uh, let's see we go finalize here. Um, Division One in Germany, the AFBD, uh, the Cobras return to the Ladies Bowl, beating Munich Cowboys 18 to six this past weekend. They will advance against the Maine Eagles on 9:24 at the Ladies Bowl. The Cobras looking for, I believe, their 12th championship in a row. This is this is they they own this league. They had a seven year run where they were undefeated, sort of like the Boston Celtics in the NBA type deal. So this is a, a very, very awesome team in, um, in Germany. And then the final for the Division II championship in the German league as well, uh, semifinals this past weekend was the Falcons winning 36-6 versus the Bochum Miners, which would, they, will advance, uh, on, uh, they will advance this weekend, uh, depending on the winner of the Ruppertal Greyhounds and the Colon Ronin which will play this weekend on 9-17. Depending on who wins there, we'll face the Falcons uh, in obviously the, the Division II championship as well on 9-23 or 9-24. So pretty much up to date on the uh, women's gridiron global scene. And like I said, thanks to everybody that uh, gives us the information, the links, and provides us with all the details as well. So really appreciate that. Troy, uh, you've been with me for a lot longer than Holly, and this just keeps getting bigger. This is, keeps getting bigger. Yeah, it just it feels like, you know, just chopping wood, just slowly but surely, um, you know, getting a lot more um, notoriety and, and and getting people to uh, pay attention to this game. I mean, there, there's so many great athletes um, in this sport. And, you know, I just I, – I really feel like – and I feel like every time, you know, we, we hit a milestone, we always have to reiterate the same thing. Is when when you finally take a look at these ladies playing playing this game. I mean, you tend to forget that they are ladies out there. If you're going in there with that with that uh, misconception, you're actually looking at football players. So you know, just take a look at it. That's all I'm going to say. Take a look at it. These ladies can really play. These got these, these ladies can play some football, and it just feels great to see that the sport is is really getting a lot of notoriety around the globe and the popularity of the sport is starting to explode. So I'm really happy and I'm really proud of the ladies out there that are doing their thing and being an advocate for the sport. And I get to speak to one every week also with, with Holly. So thank you, Holly, also. Uh, thank you. Did we just have a moment? Oh, we had a moment. We had a moment. <laughs> because you're amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I, I have to say also, now that we're getting all some of it all, that I really appreciate you guys, too, because, you know, being um, a female athlete, it's one of those things that it's very it's very hard because the chips are stacked against you. And, you know, 
Male athletes just wake up and they have attention whether they want it or not. Female athletes, we have to work so much harder to get any kind of respect. And to have two male figures, you know, out here uh, advocating is definitely helpful. And I appreciate that. And I, I'm sure that uh, the rest of the players do as well. Yeah, we, we couldn't pick a better player, right? All-star. I mean, come on. We, we're just not gonna we're just not gonna bring up anybody in here. We had to bring in somebody with some credibility here. So, um, yeah, you, you've been awesome. And you know, when we started the show, that was the one thing that I, I really uh, had on my bucket list, which was we needed to have a college football guru, which we have Troy. We needed to have a female president, which we had in Kishi Free before. We had uh, uh, Eric Lynn Anderson before that. So, I mean, that's that was my, my goal, and it's been maintained since then. And now we get a bonus because you're not only a female, but you're also a true player and all-star. So feedback from there is even more credible. So that's even uh, the best thing we could ever done. So I really appreciate you making the time and, and putting in the time weekly as well. And I know that's kind of a, you know, you're not getting paid at that, at this point, but I'm pretty sure the fans that are listening to us really appreciate your insights as well because you obviously have played in the trenches. You understand what the game's all about, how the, the history of the game, and so you can speak to it. And that I think that speaks volume for our platform because you just don't have you don't just don't have a female. You have a female that's played the game and understands the history of the game. So that's that's even a bonus. Well, thank you. High fives all around. Yes, yes, high five. Um, I don't have ice cream for everybody, but if I did, it would be banana split. That's the way it works. Banana split. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Troy and Holly, um, I don't know. Uh, we're we're going to look forward to the NFL week this weekend. We talked about the games. It's going to be exciting. College football is getting exciting. I might be divorced by the end of the season. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to divorce. It just might happen. You never know. If I tweet it out, it's not official. It could be fake. But if I do, it's, you know what I mean? Uh, but I'll blame Troy for it. I already told my wife, it's Troy. Troy said I have to focus on this, these games because, you know what I mean? <laughs> Call him up. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't throw you under the bus like that. No, I, just, I stood ground. I said, you know, I have to do it. That's what it, that's the way it is. I was told I have to do it. So I stood my ground, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm just so happy college football and pro football started back up. I've just um, I, this anytime I get a get a chance to watch football, I'm I'm happy. So, oh, and by the way, my my upset pick of the week. You heard it here first. San Francisco will go into Seattle and win that game. That's my upset pick. Of really? The week. I'm with it. Holly, there you go. High Man. fives after all. High fives after all. I I I, I hope that you're right. You know, like. I try not to uh, – I had an office chicken last week, and I was so mad because I went 12-4, and four and I tied for first place, and I lost the tiebreaker because uh, it was on Monday Night Football. But if I had gone with the Panthers and not with my heart with the Niners, I would have won. So this week I'm like, okay, i got to go with my head, and I have to go with Seattle because it makes more sense. But I hope you're right, Troy because that would be a huge, huge win. And, uh, you know, as a Niners fan, I can't tell you how much it makes me just a little happy when Seahawks fans think the sky is falling when they lose one game. So if they lost to us, man, I don't know what I would do. I think <laughs> I think things would fly up here and people would not know what to, what to do with that. It would be full-out panic in Seattle. 
Absolutely. That's what I was thinking too. Full on panic. It, just, it would be crushing. It would totally. It, that's the thing. Like you know, since I've moved up here from Portland, Seattle fans. I mean, there's some people that were there from the start. They were hardcore Seahawks fans, and they were horrible, and they totally deserve the feeling that they have had the last you know two years here when they've had success. And they take my hand off to that group of people. But then there's a bunch of people, and like any fan base, where you have the bandwagon people that just, it's oh, like, yeah. if they lose a game, they're so dramatic. It's like, oh, my gosh, everything's so bad. And if they win a game, they think they're going to win the Super Bowl. So it's it's really kind of funny to me. <laughs> Molly, they forgot the 70s. <laughs> forgot the 70s. <laughs> the largest. That, yeah, that would be my I, comeback. I, I, Did you forget the 70s? <laughs> I, I love the I love the fans up there that that really were there, like the the fans that went into the kingdom and and those guys that yeah. watched Cortez Kennedy play and you know the 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 and watch Kurt Warner the first Kurt, Kurt Warner play, you know those guys. So I mean, I, hats off to everybody who's a Seahawks fan who lived through those days. But those were some tough times. I used to root for that team for a little bit too because I really liked the way they played though. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things where you can tell who is in what group. And uh, and I think that's that way with every fan base. I think it's just that, I think, you know, since I've been here, it's just been more dramatic because I think since they've tasted success, they don't know how to handle what happens after the success. So, yeah. you know, being a Niners fan, I understand my team is not very good and we're going to be a work in progress where they think they're going to win every single game all the time, and they get really upset when they don't. <laughs> Maybe you need to walk them through the Santa Clara, um, you know, glasses where they got all the all the trophies. <laughs> you guys just yeah, hey, how does it feel to be uh, how, what? It's not even what? Yeah, uh, I don't you go there because I don't have enough trophies. You know what I mean? We don't have enough trophies, so I can't even compare. I can't even compete in that level. When somebody throws you me down, I go, how many Super Bowls do you have? I, I was just say, uh, I, I end up conversation. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> you know what the craziest thing is? I was watching the Patriots game uh, with my girl, and she's a Patriots fan. And she was watching them, uh, you know, reveal the, the fifth banner. And I was like, oh, congratulations. You're now at 5-2. And then I thought about it. I'm like, yeah, okay. I know it's been a minute. Yeah, you can laugh or whatever. And then I'm looking at the banners, and I'm like, gosh, before the year 2000, <laughs> the Patriots yeah. were nowhere to be found. <laughs> it's incredible. They've won so many so close Remember to the Remember the 80s and 90s. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Remember the 80s and 90s. Yeah. 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 So, so basically, yeah, I, I don't know. I just – I. When I thought about it, I was like, gosh, like you got to take your hat off to the Patriots because not only did they reach the five mark, they they did it in basically the last like 15 years. So that's yeah. really incredible. And to stay competitive every year is so hard, so hard to stay competitive. I mean, to be like, to be at the level of a playoff, even to, even in a playoff appearance, that's why, uh, you know, Troy's always saying, hey, Belichick, you got to give him credit. To stay competitive every year and just to make the playoffs every single year, almost. I think he's only missed one playoff get one playoff year, right, Troy? Yep, that's only one. Yep, that's the year that Matt Castle came in there, and even in yep. that year, they were eleven and five and just absolutely looking outside of the playoffs. Anybody that sits back and, and, and disrespects Belichick, 
you got to question their love for football. I mean, the guy can flat out coach. You always have to give Belichick his respect because he is he has earned it to me. He's the best coach in NFL history. And who knew this guy came out of Cleveland? Who knew out of Cleveland? You got man. I know, like I said, Cleveland is looking at that, and I know, I know they are just. Oh my God! Oh, that that got to hurt. That had to hurt. I mentioned his nightmare that they, they probably remember that every single season. Damn, we could have Belichick. Damn. <laughs> sitting there just pounding away. Oh, it's, it's just the horrible colors on their jersey. That's really the difference. They got to change that. Brown and orange. And, oh, my God. It's just sad. Anyways. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's just mud. You know what I mean? Just bad. So uh, we're hoping that uh, they, they get better. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Not going to happen. Uh, but, you know, New England, New England is going to rebound this week, I presume, because I they'll be they'll probably be pissed off, right, Troy? So we'll leave that on that note. Is New England going to rebound from the Kansas City loss? Oh yeah, without question. I mean, they 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 do not, you know, they they don't they don't sit that back and take losses like you know. So Belichick, and I'm I'm pretty sure he has his team. Um, they're they're going full tilt in practice right now. It's the, you know oh, yeah. the thing is, are they going to be able to co- overcome some of those injuries uh, that they've had? But you know, New Orleans—they're coming into New Orleans. That's a tough place to play. It gets really loud inside of that dome. Um, but you know, New Orleans defense isn't isn't very good. Uh, they're much faster than they were last year. Man, they moved they moved around against uh, the Minnesota Vikings. But the Minnesota Vikings is not exactly a juggernaut on offense, even though they now have a you know, the, you got that stud running back uh, in uh, Dalvin Cook back there. But I just think um, I think New England is going to rebound this game and they're going to go into New Orleans and, and, and make the, the Saints 0-2 uh, at this point. All right, Holly, there you go. So uh, we're set. So uh, if you guys want to add anything else about this, uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us. Thanks for subscribing to our Apple podcast and uh, follow us right here on Block Talk Radio. We're looking forward to NFL Week 2. Uh, college football week three and the uh, Great Iron Queensland week five. So we're looking forward to that. And then all the updates on women's Great Iron. You can follow us on Twitter at Great Iron Beauty, on Facebook at Great Iron Beauties. And you can always go to the gallery on Instagram and check out the amazing athletes playing women's American football globally. So uh, for Holly Custis, Oscar Lopez here, and Troy Wilson, we'll see you here next week on the Great Iron Blitz right here on Apple Podcasts and Block Talk Radio. Have a great night, everybody. Good night.